Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six, to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine. Everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw Podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. My name is Adam Glenn on the East Coast. On the West Coast is Dax Holt. We are an entertainment news podcast, one of the top entertainment news podcasts, if not the number one entertainment news podcast of today. Maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> today. We're doing, we're doing pretty good in the ratings, so we're doing well. That's thanks to you guys for listening. Dax and I are two entertainment news journals who've been covering the industry for a long, long time. We love it. We're obsessed with it. I, I We always said, I don't know, it's something about Hollywood and pop culture that is like we're just glued to. It's just, we just retain this useless information. It's high school, too. It's high school. Who was who the most famous person when you were growing up? Like the person that you thought was the biggest star on the planet when you were young? I will start with a female. Ready? Okay. And that's going to, yeah. this, this name has changed a lot. Female, Pamela Anderson. Okay. 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 Male, I, I guess it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh, that is a, yeah, I have to agree. Arnold Terminator 2, because I'm a 90s yeah. kid. Terminator, all those movies, action star. There was nothing bigger than when Arnold Schwarzenegger came out with a film. Female-wise, now Pamela Anderson only did Baywatch, but she was... She was, she was the biggest was, star on the planet. She like, was... The, posters, Playboy. I mean, do you remember posters? I don't know if kids still put posters on their... Do kids still put posters on their wall? I doubt it. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's a thing anymore. I don't, like, where would you even buy a poster at this point? Yeah, do you go to Coconuts? Spencer's. Do you go to Sam Goody? I don't, yeah. um, I don't know where you buy one, but I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. feel like that's a thing. But I would agree. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the biggest star on the planet when when we were growing up. Pam, totally agree with that. I mean, David Hasselhoff was also pretty huge. Baywatch in general was just enormous back then. God, that was that was a fun time. <laughs> It was a fun time. In fact, I still watch Baywatch sometimes. If it's on like some random channel, it was a, it wasn't a good show, but it was a good show. And I mean that like it was kind of corny, but it captured your attention and it was fun. Yeah. 
Um, great show. You know what, Dax? Last night was the Grammys. Actually, we're going to get to the Grammys real quick. Um, before we get to the Grammys, we read reviews. It's the Best in Dude Sports podcast. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Of course. That's what I do. All right. This one comes from Lanesy. L-A-I-N-S-E-Y, Lanesy W, five-star review, 10 out of 10 is the title. Love this podcast. Such a good listen. You get me through my day as a mom. Adam, you make me wish I lived in New York. Thanks, guys. Lanesy W, thank you so much. Very sweet, very nice. New York, is it's fun during times. It's cold right now. It's not as fun right now, but sometimes it could be really, really a good time. But thank you for the reviews. Keep them coming in. The best new to sports podcast. Dax, so we're recording this on Monday. Last night was the Grammys. Who do you think was the biggest star at the Grammys? I'm looking at the red carpet. I'm seeing the photos. I'm seeing the presenters. But who was the star well, that okay, was blown different. away that they were there? Who is the biggest star? Because like, I feel like they had a lot of surprise moments, right? I would say the biggest star there would be Celine Dion. But – I would say that because she has been out of the spotlight for the last little bit with the, you know, she, she's going through the stiff person syndrome. So she's had a lot of health issues. She's been very reclusive recently. I think we've only seen her at a hockey game um, in the last couple of years. So for her to come out, speak, present an award, and no one knew she was going to be there. Like it hadn't leaked at all. No one had like put out that information. That to me was probably one of the coolest moments because she is an enormous star. She looked great. She she sure. definitely she looked amazing. Um, yeah. Did you it see the makes awkward sense moment now. with her and Taylor? Um. Yeah, I did. I did. Is and that... what do you think of that thing? I mean, I when okay. when there's a lot so going let me, on. Let me explain for people that did not get to watch the award show. So Taylor wins the biggest award of the night, which is the album of the year. It is her fourth time to win it, which is in this. She has won it more than anyone else has put her into the history books of being the, I guess, most decorated uh, with album of the year award, uh, which is a huge, huge feat for anyone to win it once, let alone four times. But she won it with her midnight album. Midnights. Is it midnight or midnights? Whatever. Yeah. Midnights. And midnights. Um, yeah. So she goes up, she's all excited. She's like running up to the stage. She's hugging everyone on stage. She brings Lana Del Rey up with her. And she like snatches the award out of Celine Dion's hands and then goes to talk. And I'm like, it's Celine Dion. How are you not giving her a hug? How are you not like doing like a bow down to her? Like didn't even like acknowledge that Celine Dion, who is this like, icon of icons who hasn't been seen out in public for a long time is there giving you the award like you made a bigger deal when in sync gave you an mtv music video award but celine dion you don't say anything um and so i thought maybe after she accepted her award she would turn around and go give celine hug like nothing she just walked off stage it was the weirdest most bizarre moment um and obviously a lot of people talked about it online but i would say 15 minutes later, after everyone is like, what the hell just happened? A photo of Taylor and Celine goes and starts going viral. Them like hugging, well, Taylor hugging Celine backstage. And I was like, damn, she has the best PR team. Because you know that they saw this and was like, Taylor, get your ass over there. 
get a photo with Celine. We need to put this out immediately to crush all of these like shitty stories that are going around because it was very untaylor like in that moment. Like Taylor's normally like she knows what she's doing. She has it all to perfection. It seems so strange and bizarre that I actually was like, does she have beef with Celine or something? Like what's happening right now? But uh, this photo went out and kind of, I think, crushed any uh, any bad talking going on. Yeah, her team was really on top of what the internet's saying. And of course, anything she does is going to make cop, uh, you know, is going to get people talking. Even to the fact when she was talking to Jack, her friend Jack Antonoff, whatever his last name is, she was talking behind the fan. And yeah. people are like, what are they saying? What are they saying? And it's like, well, no, because maybe they're just smart. talking. No, she's smart because remember after what was it, the Golden Globes? Golden Globes. Her and Selena were talking, and then it was all these stories about how they're reading their lips and uh, reading what they're saying to each other, and that became a big story. She's like, screw it, I'm going to have a fan so I can talk to my friend without the world making this into a story. I thought that was a really smart move on her part. Smart move, nice. And then also, she took a lot of energy out of the Grammys because during the Grammy you know, production during the show, all of a sudden, I don't know if she was on her Instagram, but she promotes that she's got a new album coming out. Well, and she, she clearly had it teed up. She was, yeah, she had it teed it. up. But you <laughs> wonder if she's the one to press click on her phone or if someone no. else has a phone or has access to her Instagram and they're the ones who click enter. No, like, she, I wonder how that is when you have a someone there. There's oh, no way she, she's pushing, even though she said it publicly, like, I'm going to go backstage and I'm going to post this. There's no way she did that. I'm sure that there's someone that had it ready to go, is waiting for the moment, the cue, even if it was someone there with her at, at the Grammys. There's no way she's pushing it. I, she didn't even look like she had anywhere to hold her phone. Yeah, it's so – literally, they capitalize every single moment, every single situation. Um, I mean, so it's smart. a corporation. They, yeah. they work very, very hard, and uh, you Here's see the it question. With the team. If she didn't win a Grammy last night, how would she have announced her album then? Because she she was betting on winning to be able to announce this this information. Maybe it would be the like watch on her neck. Everyone was wondering like, oh, she's got the time set to midnight. Like what's happening? She would have been like, oh, at midnight on what was it? March, whatever day she said it was yeah. going to come out, you know. She'd be like, oh, that was a little Easter egg for all of my fans. I think at the end of the night, say congratulations to the winner. I don't, I think she just put it out on social media. Or if you really want to take the, the wind out of everyone, you do it the next day. As everyone's talking about us, like us, is talking about the Grammys, you post about the next day and just clear the the whole – like Daily Mail. Everything about Daily Mail goes into her concert. Just like that takes the wind out of the sails of everyone. Um, how, the one- how awkward did Lana Del Rey look? Because Taylor dragged her up on stage, which she was a competitor in the category for album of the year, and she didn't win. And then Taylor was like, "No, no, no!" And she dragged her up. Lana looked so uncomfortable. Like, please, why yeah. would you drag me up there? I didn't win. Don't drag me up on stage. And Taylor was like, "Nope, it's happening." <laughs> Weird move. Weird move. Because if you're gonna bring Lana, you might as well bring everyone who was nominated. Yeah. And then also, it's like to me, it's just distasteful because you don't know if she wants to be in there. Maybe they talked about it before. We don't know that. From the outside looking in, it felt very uncomfortable. Um, well, I, it felt very forced, too, in my opinion. She did bring with her. So. What's, I always hate is at the Grammys. I mean, it's like I, I kind of love it, but I kind of hate it. I feel bad for the people. 
is the entire acceptance speech they just keep cutting to all the losers in the category. They're yeah. like, what does Olivia Rodrigo's face look like right now as she lost? And then yeah. they like cut to the next person. <laughs> They're like, what does Janelle Monet look like right now now that she lost? I'm like, oh my God. Like it just I, I feel like it's gotta be so brutal. Like in this moment where it could have been the biggest moment of your career, you know, you you know these people, they want that award. They 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 are so nervous, they they want it more than anything else. And then there's a camera with a red light that goes off in your face to be like, are you crying? You know, like, oh, it's gotta be so tough. See, that's why like Amy Poehler is like so fun at this stuff when she, they cut to like, and the award goes to, and they start showing the nominees. She'll always like do like a fun little like kind of skit and that little kind of scene when they show your face, like when they show like a little part of your film and then they cut to you so people could clap when they look at you. She'll like put on like a gimmick. It'd be really fun if they, (laughs) it's, (laughs) it'd be funny if like Taylor's doing her speech and then they cut to Lana Del Rey and she's in the crowd like throwing stuff like at the wall like throwing vases <laughs> at the wall like motherfucker this you know I'm so pissed I think that'd be really good like have fun with it what did you think of Trevor Noah uh he was fine hosting it uh, see that's it was, all it was, he was, it was fine it was very like, vanilla it was very just yeah. blah it was like he just present it, he basically kept worked. the show moving that was it yeah exactly like there was some of the things I'm like, I can't tell if this is pre-planned, like Meryl Streep walking out, right? When he was like, oh, Meryl Streep will be here later. And then she came to set down. I'm like, was this a planned thing? Not a planned thing. And then he did the same thing with Taylor Swift when she was walking to her seat. Um, yeah, he was all right. Not bad. Not like knocking it out of the park. Just like, cool. He kept the show going. And, you know, that's that's all you want. At the Grammys, all I want are performances anyway. That's why I think Grammys is probably my favorite show to watch out of all the award shows i think it's like the oscars are cool because you get the like huge a-listers there but i i truly love the grammys because it's so like big performance after big performance after big performance i just love that personally who was your favorite performance of the night okay i'm gonna say i almost lost my shit when i knew that uh luke combs was singing fast car but when they I was like, how cool would this be if Tracy Chapman came out? Like, how dope would that be? And then the camera pans up and it's fucking Tracy Chapman. I about lost my shit. I was like, this is dope. Because I'm a huge Tracy Chapman fan. Love all of her music. Uh, I still play it all the time to this day. And so when his song got so big and so popular, uh, his remake of Fast Car... Um, I was just stoked. I mean, he, he did a great job, but then to see her on stage, like blessing the song by being there, I, it was so cool. So I would say Tracy Chapman on stage for me personally, I know a lot of people were excited about Billy Joel. I know a lot of people were excited about Joni Mitchell. I just liked the Tracy Chapman moment the best. I agree with you. I think Tracy Chapman is one of those people because that song fast car was so popular this year. Um, not just in the, the country, market in all markets and some people didn't know that tracy chapman made that she was the original person for that song so it's just cool to kind of see her perform billy joel i thought was actually really cool because he's just unique it's i I, am i the biggest billy joel guy no like i respect him i like him i'm just not obsessed with him but you don't see too many people that age coming out with new music i know the rolling stones just did it but uh, you know my other favorite part was that is all the people that realize that Tracy is a woman. (laughs) 
because she's always had this like very raspy, yeah. like deep voice. And so people don't even associate that Tracy's a woman. They're like, they just assumed it was a guy. So you see on Twitter or on social media, like, wait, Tracy Chapman's a woman? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's funny to see that realization for people because, you know, they know the songs or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I love Tracy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Dax, this is a weird question. I'll answer first because you probably have to okay. think about it. But when you see all the names that were there and celebrities on the red carpet, who is the person that you think – they're not a Hollywood plant. I know that's the hot term right now. However, they have such great team around them that they're trying to make them a star. They're trying to make them the person. Now, well, I think that would be Olivia Rodrigo, right? So you think Olivia Rodrigo? Interesting. I don't I think would... she's a. I don't think she's a plant. I think she's got a great team around her that has pushed her from like a nobody into one of the biggest stars on the planet within the last two years. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she literally was. No one knew her name, and now everybody knows her name. It was like she had the best team around her, pushing her music, using TikTok, using social media. You know, now she's at the Grammys, up for Grammys. Like, she just came out of nowhere, in my opinion, and that takes an incredible team. Yeah. Um, interesting, because it's funny. She was just at the Hollywood uh, Rock – no, not the Hollywood. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and she performed with Sheryl Crow. And a lot of yeah. people there be like, man, she's performed with Sheryl Crow? And it's like one of those things where I said it because some people are like, man, you haven't – we really don't know much about them. But somehow their name keeps – being brought up to her attention. Now, mm-hmm. that's a good call that you were able to pick that out so quickly. Mine would be Meg the Stallion. Um, mm-hmm. Meg the Stallion to me is just like, man, she's got some team around her that they're like, I don't want to say forcing her on us, but she's just everywhere and she's just, she's working it. She's working really hard. They're, the people around her are just trying to make her into a star. And I don't really know much about her. Um, I mean, I know, I know a few of her songs, but like, I can't see hearing two or three songs of like, man, this girl, she's it. You know, I have to see yeah. more for me to kind of believe that. Um, Dax, did you uh, by any chance watch SNL this past weekend? I didn't. Are we done with Are we done with Grammys? Because I, I, the only thing I wanted to talk about was Jay Z and his oh. speech. Sorry, you want to take yeah. your time real quick? Wait, no, wait. Do you want to do time no, real quick? Want, no, okay. I think we. I think we just keep talking. Um, no. So Jay Z, he uh, he gets up to ex- uh, accept his, what was kind of like a lifetime kind of achievement sure. award, the, the Dr. Dre 
By the way, really I'm not liking his hair. This hair has got to go. He's done different hair over the years. The one he's got now, he's been doing it for too long. It just doesn't look good. You ready for something new? Yeah, I just want to. He's. I like Jay Z's hair. He always kind of changed stuff for me. This one he's had for too long. Do do something different. You know, yeah. I would kind of. I, I don't know. I'm just. Jay, you're better than that, Jay. You're more creative. <laughs> you're better than that. He's just it's had this one for too, too long. long. <laughs> he's always mixes it up. This one's gone too long. Okay. Um. So, anyway, he gets up to accept his speech, but then he changes it to like kind of spotlight Beyonce, which I thought was a little strange. Um, well, first he goes, you know, some people, you know, you're surprised to be in this category. Some people you're surprised that they won. Some people don't even deserve to be in the category, which I was like, and you hear everyone start like booing and shocked. And he goes, sorry, you know, I just speak the truth when I get nervous. So, I mean, I, I got to agree. There's, there's sometimes when people get in a category that you're like, are you sure they deserve this nomination? Uh, but then he goes, why is it that, and he points at Beyonce, she is the most nominated person, the most decorated person, but has never won album of the year. I didn't realize that. Did you know that before he I said it? I did not know that, no. I didn't realize that she had never won album of the year, which is obviously the biggest category. After having, she's got 29 Grammys, and that's 29 wins. And something crazy like 88 nominations or something like that. He himself has 24 wins. Um, so they're, they've got a, a crazy amount of Grammys. Um, but she's never won. And I just thought it makes you seem kind of petty if you are throwing that out there during the award show. Right? Like, she's got, she's, she has the most Grammys out of anyone, but she's never won that one. And you're like, okay, well... She still got 29 Grammys. I don't know. It seemed like a weird moment to bring that up. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's weird though. We kind of people kind of defended him. I'm like, man, look at him just being real. I'm like, yeah, I get oh, I like the, being I like real, real. But like, I liked the realness. I felt like that was weird because I also don't like putting Beyonce on the spot like that, right? Like yeah. Kanye did it to her a while back with the whole Taylor Swift moment. I feel like it's it's awkward for Beyonce to be sitting there and being like, "Don't make this about me." Like you do your thing, don't make this about me. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't feel like Beyonce would give them and be like, "Hey guys, um, thanks for all the Grammys, but you haven't given me this one yet." Yeah, it's um, yeah, <laughs> and then was, and then bringing Blue I, up too. Blue's up there standing around looking awkward. Like she's like, "Dad, why did why did you bring me up here? I don't get it." How many I'll how many Grammys does Blue Ivy have, by the way? That's. I mean, uh, not enough yet, but there will be plenty because I'm surprised how much they're showing her face. You would think, I would, I thought they'd be blue would be more private, just the yeah. way that Jay Z and Beyonce are. I thought they'd maybe not put her in the. I don't say she's she's dancing. She's definitely out there, but I thought they might keep her more covered. But not anymore. They really kind of she's she's a celeb. They're making her into a star, and but I guess that's also her decision as well. Um, that she doesn't yeah, want to normally people to like kind of stuff. hide their their children and they are they are trying to make her into the next big thing at least in my opinion like she's out performing with her mom her dad's bringing her up so like they're not hiding her like a lot of celebrity parents do when they do hide them again this is personal questions why do some people hide them and some people don't hide them in your opinion 
there's no there's no right or wrong answer to this. I think but... a lot of it is is safety reasons. Honestly, I think that's the the big thing is people like to um, make sure their kids are safe and they're not out in the public. But maybe Jay and Beyonce feel like, oh, we're good. We've got enough security around. <laughs> She's safe. I don't know. By the way, Blue yeah. has one win, one nomination. It's crazy. She had more for some reason. Well, that's because she was a producer. Yeah, she our yeah. Her voice was on one of the the songs or something. Like, she was on. Uh, let's see, best music video for Brown Skin Girl. That's what she won for. Must be cool. Must be cool. Bring that to the lunchroom at school. <laughs> um, just drinking out of it. Yeah, just like, putting it like a sippy cup. Show and tell. Bringing a Grammy. Um, how'd you do it? Yeah, I laughed on an album. What? I laughed on an album. Nah, I just, you know, I, and my parents that's what are I do. dope. Nah, anyway. man. Who is, um, one thing I am excited for, Dax, is uh, not this week because it's Super Bowl weekend, but next week on Saturday Night Live, comedian Shane Gillis is hosting the show. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Shane Gillis is? Uh, when I see his face, I'm like, oh, that, I've seen that guy. He's funny. Um, you see I, him on like, like I, I social have media known, hits, like memes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known his name honestly. I'm just not. But his face is very recognizable. That the second I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen the guy on you know Instagram clips of him coming up. He, he's really funny. Funny guy, stand up comedian. The interesting part about it, and this is the second time this season that they've had a comedian host the show. They've had Nate Bargatze host the show uh, two months back. Now they're having Shane Gillis. Usually, about once or twice a year, they bring in a comedian who's doing really on the, uh, doing well on the road, uh, who normally might not be a traditional actor, but come host the show. I mean, they've had Bill Burr do it, uh, they've had Dave Chappelle do it. Now this year, they're having Shane Gillis. The interesting part about Shane Gillis is not a lot of people know who this guy is. I mean, if you if you know the Joe Rogan podcast, you've seen him on. He's super funny. He had a Netflix special uh, recently. Shane Gillis was supposed to be on SNL back in 2019. He auditioned and got the SNL job as a comedian and was brought on to be a new cast member. But before the show could even air previous jokes, old jokes of his came out and the jokes were kind of resurfaced on social media uh, that kind of made him seem racist and homophobic and Islamophobic. Um, uh, and he basically Got got cut from the show. Got he he lost the Saturday Night Live job before he even got the job. So he never he never appeared once on the show. He never appeared in one episode. It made public news that he got the job, and they made public news two weeks later because the internet got talking. How can SNL hire this guy with everything going on in the world? This guy is not the guy for the job. So he got cut. And actually, he had one of the best. Uh, statements after getting cut from SNL. He said, I'm going to read it. He goes, it feels ridiculous for comedians to be making serious public statements, but here we are. I'm a comedian who was funny enough to get on SNL. That can't be taken away. Of course, I want an opportunity to prove myself at SNL, but I understand it would be too much of a distraction. I respect the decision they made. I'm honestly grateful for the opportunity. I was always a mad TV guy anyway. I mean, that was a perfect statement. A, in my opinion, he didn't apologize. He, uh, it was, it was funny. It was fun. And he said, listen, I get it. It would take, it would be too much of a distraction for the show. I understand the decision. I feel like, I feel like I would need to see some of these old jokes to see what was said. 
um, because I feel like comedians get more of a pass when it comes to making fun of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, was the joke, and I, again, I need to see it. Was it uh, racist? Was it homophobic? Was it Islamophobic? Was it like, what was it to listen to these jokes to see if I would agree that he should not be on SNL or are people digging back into the past and going, oh, this joke isn't funny now, but it was funny 20 years ago. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's tough with comedians because we want them to be edgy. We want them to make us laugh. But then they say one joke and we're like, ah, cancel them. And so it's tougher with comedians, I feel. It, it is. But then as soon as he gets cut from the show, the guy goes on the road, becomes a comic, does podcasts, and becomes one of the funniest comics out there from a club comic to now doing theaters. I mean, he's blowing up. Everyone loves him. But here they are saying, you know what? We forgave him. We're going to have him host SNL. I think it's a big decision from SNL. But I, I think I'm they curious need- how that went down. Like when he got the call, said, hey, SNL just reached out. They would like you to host. Like, is he going, wow, this is my redemption moment? Or is he just like, all right, like, let's do this. You know, I, I, that's got to be a crazy call when your, your previous employer basically buries their head in the sand and says, all right, we want you to come back. But you know what? He, the guy is so big now, he doesn't need SNL. I mean, it's great. It's fun. It's a great opportunity. It's cool to kind of clear the air and kind of have a network kind of trust you to kind of host a show on a Saturday night, which is Saturday Night Live, uh, an iconic yeah. show. But now he's making more money on the road than he would ever be doing on SNL. I mean, SNL doesn't pay that much. You get paid every week to do the show. If the show's not performing that week, you guys don't you don't get paid. Um, the money's not bad, don't get me wrong. But let's just say he's making $25,000 to do an, epi- an episode of Saturday Night Live. It's a great platform. But he's making over six figures Every single show on the shows he's doing is, uh, for example, John Mulaney was uh, offered to host the Daily Show, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Dude, to host the Daily Show, that means I got to be there." Not recently. This happened in the past. John Mulaney was ho- offered to host the Daily Show. He's, you know, how much work it is to host the Daily Show to go there every day, the hours, film the show. Where he's like, "I could just do stand up when I want and make just as much money." It's yeah. uh, and, and not have to. Not have the pressure the, of a the pressure, a, be a creatively, yeah, and also be like have total creative control. So I think it's pretty cool that Shane Gillis is coming back and hosting us. I'm like, I'm really excited to see the monologue. I think it's going to bring in not a lot of viewers because a lot of people don't know who he is. However, he does have a core audience, and that's that Joe Rogan audience. Which, by the way, Joe Rogan on just signed a new deal with Spotify. Alex Cooper apparently is. She'll be on Spotify, but she doesn't have an exclusive deal with Spotify anymore. Call me the Why? call me daddy. I don't know. I guess the deal is over, and now the show is able to go on every platform. That's huge. That's big news. It's big news, but again, it's it worked for what it was. I think it they did its time, and now it's they she could still do her show on Spotify, but also go on other platforms as well. She got like a crazy amount of money. She got three years, sixty million. I think it was. Yeah, I thought it was more than that. We got three years, six bucks. So I think we're, uh, <laughs> um, we have to split that too, three ways. <laughs> oh man! Uh, um, you know what? Can I, I? One of the other stories this weekend that kind of just blew my mind. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Steph Curry had a 
uh, a huge game this a couple days ago where he scored uh, 60 points yeah. in a game, which is remarkable for any basketball player. Um, but afterwards, here's the celebrity tie-in because I know people are like already turning off the the <laughs> the uh, the podcast, listening to us talk about sports. Um, but he afterwards gave a signed jersey to Lindsay Lohan. He gave the jersey that he won. He scored 60 points in hands it over to Lindsay Lohan because she was courtside at the game. And I'm like, well, that's really weird. Why the hell did he give this very, you know, piece of history to Lindsay Lohan and come to find out he's Lindsay Lohan's god, uh, well, Lindsay, wow, I can't talk today. I'm really sorry. Lindsay Lohan's child, is, fuck, I can't talk. Steph Curry and his wife are Lindsay Lohan's child's godparents. Did you know wow. that? Wow. I did not know that. And why aren't more people talking about that? That's interesting. In fact, Lindsay was just so impressed for Mean Girls the first time we've seen her since being a mom. No, I, I did not know that. Yeah, I had no idea. Apparently, um, Aisha Curry, which is Steph's wife, just filmed a movie with Lindsay Lohan called like The Irish Wish. It's going to be out on Netflix. They hit it off, became good friends. Lindsay was pregnant, you know, and then decided, okay, I want Steph and Aisha to be godparents for my child. That like blew my mind. I had no idea they were even friends. I didn't know anything was happening. And so for them to be at the game and so when he signed the jersey, he literally wrote it to I think it's Louie, L U A I Louie. Um yeah, wrote yeah, it yeah. to Louie. That's insanity. That that's is so- that's pretty cool. There's a lot of celebrity godparents out there. I mean, that's, I think, you know, it's so funny. Um, actually, I can't bring up their name, but um, I think that's the smartest thing to do. If you get to become friends with a celebrity to make another celebrity, like make them the godparents to your kid. Yeah. It, so totally. you always have that sort of relationship. It's like the way to sink them in. So there's, uh, so they can't leave you. It's like, wait, you're, you can't leave me. You're my, you're my kid's godparent. Like you're stuck yeah, with me. That's like we always be okay. Be friends now. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I remember, I remember, um, who was it? Oh, Tyler Perry becoming godparent to uh, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan's child, Lilibet. Yeah. Uh, and I know that that relationship kind of struck up as they were exiting the uh, the royal family that uh, Tyler Perry became good friends with them. And then they're like, we're going to keep you in the family. You're going to be a little bit godfather. Well, it's funny because my friend who my friend's a celebrity, not a big one, but his friend is a huge celebrity and he's got brothers. He's got two brothers. And he went to the big celebrity and said, Hey, will you be my friend? My kid's godparent. I'm like, you got two brothers. I thought you'd give it to like your brothers. For some reason, I just thought that's what you would do. But he's like, no, screw that. My brother's fucking up. A, works a blue collar job. I'm getting a godparent. I'm going high. Why would I go low? I'm going. You know, I want to get make sure this kid's taken care of, and I get it. What is yep. even? A, do you do you have godparents? Uh, I do. I do. I actually have godparents. I don't have godparents for my kids, but I personally have godparents. Do you like when you see him? Do you say hi, Godfather? Hi, Godmother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, and I I haven't seen either one of them in quite some time. Um, but my parents' friends, they they live in different states and stuff. Uh, but oh. that's really funny. No, um, did you know so, that? Did you know Dolly Parton is Miley Cyrus's godmom? Wait, 
Dolly Parton is Miley Cyrus's godmother. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That's a good one right there. Yeah, I guess Billy Ray, you know, back in the day was close with uh, with Dolly. And yeah, my, that she's Miley's godmom. There's got to be a lot of godparents in Hollywood. That's I'm not the first one to think about using a celebrity. Like, I got to go to Shaq and be like, dude, you got to become a godparent. Like, I don't know. It's well. And like Marissa Tomei <laughs> is godparents to Lisa Bonet's um, children. I mean, I feel like there's so many. Quincy Jones is Nicole Richie's godfather. I mean, there's so many out there that uh, a lot of people don't even know about. What? Like, who else? Um, I also, uh, you know, you know what's interesting is that Michael Jackson is also one of Nicole Richie's godparents. Man, I wonder how much relationship they had, her, Nicole Richie and her godparents. I mean, in the will, did she get anything in the will? It's like, dude, my, he's my god dad. You didn't give me anything of Neverland Ranch? Like, uh, Oh, how about um, this? That Macaulay Culkin is the godfather to all of Michael Jackson's children. You know? Not surprised, right? I'm not surprised. And uh, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's kind of crazy. I've got another what one think about it. also not really. Because he was talking. young still. Like, yeah. Macaulay Culkin was, what, 26 maybe? He's like, hey, man, you're going to be a godparent. I was going to say, he's not that much older than, like, Paris at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. um, like, Paris looked amazing at the Grammys. I didn't see her at the Grammys. Oh, man, I saw, like, photos of her. She looked incredible, beautiful. She looked really good. Um, the other one would be uh, Jennifer Aniston is godmother to Coco Arquette, which is uh, Courtney Cox's daughter. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, close. that one makes sense. That one anyway, makes the just, most sense of all these people because they're, they're like very, very close. Um, it's got to be cool, though, like with celebrities when you all live like in the same neighborhood, too. Like, I'm sure uh, I'm not sure, but I wonder if Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox live close together. And it's like so easy for them to like, go hang out with each, each other. other. All the time. I was going to say Jamie King, her uh, her son, or I think it's son. Shoot, I don't know if it's son or daughter. My bad. Uh, is Taylor Swift is the godmother? Okay. I mean, does Taylor Swift know this, or they just make him the godfather? Like, <laughs> do they have any say? I don't. I don't think you have. <laughs> I think you just name them. But I, I, I don't know. Do you? Do you let them know? Do you ask Someone, permission or you just say like you're going to hey, be the godparent? You're the goddad. Well, oh, okay. Like, can you can you turn that job down? In fact, you know so. <laughs> like, so you know funny. what I'm going to do is I'm going to. I should just like walk up to like you should just like walk up to some celebrity at some event, like yeah, you're going to be the godfather. Like what? Yeah, you're the godfather. Uh, no, I'm not. No, you are. I already. You're the godfather. I don't know what to say. You're my kid's godfather. Okay, did you know that uh, Steven Spielberg is Drew Barrymore's godfather? Makes sense. I think at that time, it was a very sensitive time. She was a child star, huge star, made a but movie with her. But do you name a godparent like, after the fact? Or that was he the godfather before, and that's how she made she got the role? That's a great question. I don't know how that stuff works. I don't even know what godparents really do. I don't even know who my, I know I have godparents. I don't know who they are. You know, My, my godparents left say, me. I'm going to say she she got the role because of it. Because the other thing is, Sophia Loren is her godmother. Wow. I mean, those Man. are some those are some pretty famous people to have as godparents. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And and by the way, Frances Bean Cobain, she is Drew Barrymore is her godmother. 
Talk about because nepotism. Drew That's was all, friends this is with nepotism. Courtney Love. I mean, it's just like blows my mind. All these people that are like godparents of uh, of all these people. It's wild. I just uh, wonder but, if you're allowed to turn that thing down. And Cameron Diaz is godmother to Drew Barrymore's daughter, Frankie. Man, this soak is it weird. all in. So weird. <laughs> I mean, so we could literally keep going on and on. Leah Remini is uh, godmother to uh, J Lo's twins. I mean, it's. But you're like telling me these- there's not. They don't have any other friends in their family. That's the part that's interesting to me. There's you have nobody else in your life that you have to give them to some other celebrity. Like, but, uh, like here's though. Here's the thing though. Cameron Diaz and Drew Mary- Barrymore are best friends. So that one totally makes sense to me. Um, here's a here's a crazy one. Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you know who his godmother is? Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. I was gonna get. I wouldn't have guessed that. No, never. I did that one to me. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Anyway, um, I, I I just love. It. Oh, and by the way, Matilda Ledger, which was uh, was Heath Ledger, is Heath Ledger's daughter. Jake Gyllenhaal is the godfather. Sorry, I could literally keep Dude. going on all day long. It's like never ending. So I'm sorry. Celebs are weird, man. They are they are weird people. We're all weird. But to think that they don't have any, anybody else in their home. Some of these people I get as far as the godparents, but some of them like you're so it's a little removed. You just you're just working the scene. It's gross, <laughs> but then also I get it because you maybe no if I was that gross, maybe they're best friends. Yeah, but maybe if I was that gross, I'd be further along in the business. Oh, you know what we need to talk about? Wendy Williams. Holy crap. Did you see the um, trailer? The trailer for her new Lifetime show? So, so she got this- good. It's good, but bad. I mean, bad. good for us. It is. She's going through a bad stuff. Fascinating. So yeah. they've got this new Lifetime show that's coming out. It's called Where's Wendy Williams? Executive produced by Wendy Williams. Um, but that's going to be on Lifetime. They dropped the trailer. By the way, it's like a friggin' eight-minute trailer. It's, I feel like I watched the whole thing already. Um, yeah. But it gets into her life and her success, into her her fall from grace, into her all of the issues she's having. She said she's broke, which is wild because the woman made millions and millions of dollars. She was on TV for like twelve years, like. Prime time uh, just blew up. Her success was huge. She disappeared. She had a lot of issues, and they kind of get into it. Looks like they get into her issues with alcohol, her mental struggles, like all kinds of stuff. They interview her chill or her child. They interview friends, um, but I mean, she doesn't look like she's doing great. She there. there the trailer was long, like three and a half minutes, maybe. Um, it was longer good than that. Us. It doesn't look like there is a rainbow at the end of this trip. You know, like she's still going through it. Obviously, she's an EP on this this doc, but it's so she could kind of get a little bit extra cash with this. Um, I, I don't know. I'm interested in her story because she was huge. She was huge. And just like that, everything went away. But if you saw the way she was rolling around, 
she had a lot of people who were taking from her and for money. And it was just mismanaged The the money was mismanaged from managers to entourage. I mean, she, she was, I don't want to say a diva, but she was, it, there's, there's not that much well, money out there. And she was, don't know. She was doing very well, yeah. but if you saw how she was moving around, you'd be like, what is going on? It was, how many people well, she, are you employing? She said, she goes, she goes, if this can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Like you can lose your money without in the blink of an eye, if you're not careful, uh, you know, and I think that's, it's sad. You see her fall from grace in this. I don't know. There's not a lot of documentaries that I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, gotta see it. This one, I feel like I really actually want to watch, um, just to see what happened because it was such a mystery when it all went down. Like what's, what's going on? Why, why is she not doing good? Was she fired? And then, you know, you're just finding out little bits of, and we've covered her a bunch on this podcast. We've had Jess Finn who like has broken a lot of the stories about Wendy Williams over the years and some of the crazy stories that we've heard from her. I want to see how much they touch in this. She was really good at what she did. Um, she, she was at what she did. She was very good. I used to do comedy shows. She used to have a monthly, this was before she had the TV show. She had a radio show and well, I think a lot of people know that, but she used to do a, a, a once a month comedy show and I would do the show and she would come in for like the beginning of the show for like five minutes. She would like come on stage and she would sit in the back for five minutes and then she would leave. I'm like, really? You just come in for five minutes. And I remember going on stage. Like I did it three times and I always did well. And uh, she would always see me perform. And then I put myself in a position where after the show, she had to walk right by me. And she watched me perform. I did well on those shows. And she would walk right by me and, and act like I wasn't there. I was like, you just saw me perform. Like acknowledge me a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, it was just very odd. But if you saw the way she would leave, it, she left with like a brigade. Her, you know, I was with her husband and the entourage they brought around. Like what is going on here? It's, it's very odd. And I do believe there besides the physical stuff there was some would you catch her out in public though a lot did you get her because yes i know she'd no. have to walk from her studio to get in the car that kind of thing yes and no i mean here and there but i didn't really cover too much but also when she went from you know when she spiraled down at that time things got quick got weird really quick mm-hmm. and uh that's why i'm kind of curious to kind of hear the story coming from her what happened and i don't think major media really even covered her as much as they should because it's a really unique story that well i think it's going to be a unique story because to be at that height to go from one of the you know i wouldn't say the best morning show but a successful show and her being so good at doing a show to going downhill that i mean think about this dex kelly and ryan well kelly and mark and suelos do the 9 a.m hour in that first 25 minutes, they are both talking to each other about what's going on in their day, their lives, and the world. Wendy would do it by herself every day. You know, she had a producer who would try to chime in a little bit, but it's not easy to kind of sit there and look into a camera and talk. And she was able to talk into a camera and hold your attention by herself. That is – that's a skill. That is different. Not a lot of people do it. Like you look around – most people have some kind of co-host, uh, another anchor, someone to banter off with. Every morning show, like radio, TV show, has someone else to keep that conversation. Not a lot of shows are just 
one person by themselves. I mean, even if you look back to like Oprah, she was by herself, but she would, she didn't spend as much time talking by herself. She would bring guests out pretty quickly to keep that conversation going where Wendy would do quite a bit by herself. Yeah. Wendy, I mean, don't me wrong. There is a little bit of script to it, but she was going off script a lot. She was able to, she was very well spoken. The only thing though, she was mean a lot of times. She would be really mean to people. That was the one thing I didn't love is sometimes I'm like, Wendy, you're just being mean for no reason. Do you think we're mean? Uh, no. I Well, I think it depends on who we're talking about, but I feel like for the most part, we're not mean individuals. Someone last week kind of, I, I, I mean, last week on last week's podcast, we said something about Lala Kent. I think it was on the Raw Rundown. I mentioned my experience with her last week, and it might have came off like I was pissed off or she, like me kind of thinking that she was a bitch. I'm just saying it out there. But I, even though she didn't give me a long answer and she didn't really talk to me more, I don't think Lala was a bitch, you know, or I didn't think anything more. I'm just not like in that world of Vanderpump stars and like the biggest fan. Cause I don't follow as much with that said, I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> someone wrote in our private Facebook group off the record and they didn't come at me at all, but maybe she was in the mood. Maybe she just got a call something along those lines, even though she didn't talk to me longer. I don't think she was like, I don't still think of her as a dick. Like, I was like, no, she seemed nice. She seemed fine. She just didn't talk to me that long, which I wish she would have. Um, I don't, I don't try to be mean. And sometimes it comes out, um, just because we're just two guys talking, but we're just gossip with each other. But I don't think we, we try to come off mean. Yeah. I don't think so. We hope so. <laughs> um, all right. I got to get ready. I got to go catch a flight. I'm going to Vegas for the Super Bowl decks. Um, nice. it should be nice, but I'm not, I'm not, it's not gonna be warm. I'm not too excited. My, it's just, it's a lot of work, man, but We'll hopefully have some good stories for next week when I kind of come out and chime with you. Well, um, say hi to yeah, Taylor buddy. for me, okay? I'll say hi to Taylor. Say hi to Travis. Um, I call him and, Trav. Um, oh, you call him Trav? Yeah, he's my buddy. Oh, that's really sweet of you guys. That's really <laughs> nice. Um, that's so nice. Uh, but, guys, thank you guys for just hanging out with us for a little bit. Me and Dax always like to catch up with each other and just, like we said, gossip with each other. Um, make sure you find us on TikTok, Instagram. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.